Hey, it's a good day for a podcast. It's also a good day to start a whole new series. And this series is called the Amplified Human Homo Technologist Series. In other words, we're going to be looking at concepts like if you could have an implant in your brain that would allow you to control digital devices just by thinking, would you do it? I mean, if it allows you to work faster and better than anyone around you so that you can make more money and accomplish great achievements, would you allow your mind to be boosted and connected with technology? I'll come back to that maybe in a podcast or two in the future, and I'll tell you my answer. But I've been waiting for... I don't know, months to do this series. I believe the next few podcasts are some of the most important I will ever record, and I know that's saying something with some of the ones I've recorded. It is extremely clear to me where we are headed as a species, and painting that picture for you is going to be a lot of fun. And this is a very important topic that it doesn't seem like we have a lot of books being written about or people discussing, and I am 100% sure about where we are headed. And as I describe that, you can debate it, and we can talk about it if you want to. I'm very confident when I look into the future about the things that, to me, uh, the seeds are already so planted, it's very obvious where we're going to go. So we need to think about what that means to us, probably more than we need to either debate that it's ever going to happen or, worse, don't even understand what's going to happen. So what I'm going to do in this podcast, number 35, is we're going to talk about the amplified human uh, past and future. We're just going to cover it generally. We'll go on and we'll talk about the amplified human from a, a physical standpoint. We'll, we'll go on to talk about the amplified human from an intellectual standpoint. I'm going to talk about what it means to society. So we've got some really interesting podcasts coming up after this one. All right, let's talk about the basics. Let's lay the foundation. That's always really important when we start a new series. So the word amplified can also mean boosted or enhanced, and you're probably going to hear me use all of these interchangeably. They all mean the same thing, right? For thousands of years, humanity has built tools to help us do more with our bodies uh, than what we could do with our bare hands. For most of those thousands of years, the tools that we've created have been separate from our body. Think a shovel, right? Think a club, think a hammer, right? Tools that are separate from our body. Even at the point that we uh, made tractors or plows, right? These are just more sophisticated tools that are separate from our body. And you think about somebody driving a tractor, right? Or using some large piece of a machinery where our body, our hands and our legs controlled the pedals and the levers, right? Our minds made the decisions. But really all we were doing was extending our physical capabilities to these tools be they simple tools or be they complex tools. Now, for, again, these thousands of years, the vast majority of the tools have been about extending our physical capabilities, helping us dig more faster, plant more faster, even fly, right? So just note that, right, that the, the tools and the amplification that we've done have been primarily physical. But now we're moving into a world where the amplifying tools are moving closer to our bodies with wearables and implantables, right? Not just extensions of our body, but moving to almost be part of our body. And, and we're moving from physical improvements to building outboard brains that allow AIs to help us think, make decisions, and learn, right? The, the power of being boosted intellectually, that's quite an improvement for the human race 
grace. I mean, expanding our knowledge instantly with a tool is no small improvement. Now, why all of this progress with enhancing capabilities? I mean, why have we spent thousands of years building better tools, more and more sophisticated systems to extend our physical capabilities and now our intellectual capabilities? I mean, uh, do we ever stop to think about the improved capabilities of comparing those to, for example, improving our happiness level? In other words, we're improving our, our sheer power to be able to do things physically. But are we really working as hard to improve our well-being and our happiness? Uh, I would think the proof right now where society is would be no. I mean, it is an interesting question to ask people. If it, Would you rather be happier or more powerful from a physical or a um, you know mental standpoint? So if you had a choice and you had to choose one or the other, which one would you choose? It would be interesting to see how many people would say, well, give me the power because if I had the power, I'd probably be happier. And I'm not sure that we have any evidence that that is necessarily true. All right. I think it's pretty clear about why uh, we amplify ourselves, why we boost ourselves. We live in a competitive world, a world that is a bit more competitive than it is collaborative. This competitive nature drives the desire for us to amplify ourselves. I mean, I want you to think about that for a second. We compete in school as children. And I mean, we're, we're competing intellectually to get A's, B's, C's. I mean, there's a curve in the class. I mean, where we're competing against each other. And then think about sports and activities, right? where it's always a competition. I mean, if we're playing a sport, we're trying to win the game. But if we're in the chess club, we're trying to win the game. So we grow up our entire early years where we're being judged on the competitive nature of what we're able to accomplish. And even if you said, no, 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 I'm, I, you know, my child's an artist, a musician. Again, they're competing for first chair, right? They're competing for the blue ribbon in the art contest. We are riddled. Society is riddled with being competitive. And we could stop right there and think about what is it about us that drives us to be so competitive instead of more collaborative. But then we leave school. And what happens then, right? Then a lot of us end up competing in the business world and our careers, right? We're competing for status and acceptance. So that competition is no less violent than, you know, competing in a full contact sport in a lot of ways. So competition is what drives us in many ways to believe that we need to be boosted. You know, if we were a peaceful, collaborative world where there really was no competition and no drive to have a blue ribbon or to be first, there would be so much less reason to think that we need to be boosted or we need to be amplified in any way. So when winning in life means being better than the people around us in some measurable way, then there will always be pressure to amplify our capabilities. When we look backwards, right? If we just look backwards, we don't have to look very far to look at athletes and steroids and drugs and the impact on baseball or weightlifters or football players who try to manipulate themselves. Or what about blood plasma and bicycle riders, right, in competition? We, we have done everything that we could do with chemicals, right, or, or even, as I said, you know, uh, using, you know, blood plasma back into your body, right, to try to give ourselves a little bit of a physical advantage. We use equipment and, and potions as well. Like bowlers use wrist braces, right, to hold their wrists steadier when they throw the ball. Football players used to use stick them. I remember when I was growing up and I was in Cleveland, I was a Cleveland Browns fan. I remember some of the receivers having so much stick them on their hands that if they fell on the ground, they came up and it was just full of grass, right? Eventually, uh, you know, football banned the stick them. Uh, 
Bowlers probably still use wrist braces. Gymnasts use grips when they're doing the high bar, right? Or doing the bars now, right? So in in sports, we've had to try to draw a line somewhere of how much are we allowed somebody to be amplified? And then when is it too much, too much and unfair amplification? We'll let people be amplified, just not too much, right? All right, set sports aside. Think about visual appearance. We will use surgery, right? Plastic surgery to make ourselves look prettier, to absolutely make ourselves look younger. You know, I, I, I've had eye surgeries, right? So that my eyes could be able to see better. It wasn't about me looking any prettier, right? It was just having the plastic surgery to try to improve my eyesight, right? Some people are, as we talk about this, are willing to pay extremely high costs with big side effects to use steroids to grow grow physically or to do so much plastic surgery and go through so much of that pain to achieve some level of beauty that they have in their minds that they would like to achieve. So think of the costs that we've been willing to pay to be able to make ourselves more beautiful or enhance our physical capabilities. I mean, the bottom line is there there are, not everybody, right, but there are a, a large swath of humanity uh, that is willing to do just about anything to boost their performance if it will give them an edge in the world. And this really has been true since humans invented fire, the wheel, the plow, the club, you know, the stick, weapons, you know, for thousands and thousands of years. Those were tools uh, that somewhere along the line, you know, we would cross to, you know, enhancing our capabilities to do things that were negative in the world and not just positive in the world. So let's look forward, right? I'm sure you can look back and think about all the tools and all the enhancements over the thousands of years that we have uh, built. If we look forward, we want to be able to enhance ourselves with technology. That is the the new tool with the new level of power. And we're going to see an exploding amount of options with technologies. Every generation from now on will have an interesting choice to make as far as how much to amplify themselves or not. And I suspect, just knowing humanity, we all have people at both ends of the spectrum and a big curve in the middle. We'll have the bell curve. We'll have the people who refuse to use any technology at all. They will be the people who are the naturalists. And then we'll have people all the way at the other side that will be the cyborgs. And then, like I said, we'll have a giant bubble in the middle of people who try to balance how much technology they use to boost their capabilities or don't. Now, in this future technology world, as we look forward, there are many tools that are going to be able to help amplify us. In fact, I, I've been thinking about it and kind of put them into categories uh, so it might be easier to understand, right, the categories of tools that can enhance us, right? First of all, we're going to have the informational tools, the software applications, the AIs, the sensors, the, the ability to consume massive amounts of data, right? But there will be the informational tools that may bring more information to us. Think about augmented reality and a heads-up display, right, able to give us a whole second set of information as opposed to just what our eyes normally see. So there will be a number of informational tools that will augment us. And of course, we'll have the physical tools, prosthetics, brain-computer interfaces, right? And then even uh, getting into nanotech and biotech, right? Genetic tools that can change us like CRISPR. So we'll have all of the physical 
enhancements that technology can bring us. The intellectual, right? The, so again, the outboard brain that we'll talk about, I'm sure, over and over again, right? The addition of being able to mix augmented reality, AI, right? Mix all kinds of technologies into that outboard brain that will be able to help us intellectually to make better decisions, right? To be able to consume huge amounts of information that we normally could not con consume. So that's a category. Then we have a category of, I would say, creativity and innovation that we're going to be able to have enhancements because an uh, AI will be able to co-work with us or we will co-work with the AI to be able to be more creative and innovative. We can come up with an idea, have the AI help us execute on that idea, for example, which today we're already doing with all of the, the generative AI that is out in the world. And so the ability to enhance our innovation, to find new ideas that maybe we couldn't even develop on our own, and then to make those ideas come true. So that's a category. And the last one I'll bring up is just virtual assistants or agents. The ability to have a technology-based friend, a technology-based assistant that, that gets to know us over the years, that can act on our behalf, uh, that can act for us to help us with any situation, or can go out and communicate with the world or do tasks out in the world on our behalf. So virtual assistants and agents, which science fiction has wrote about for years and we know is coming soon with everything we're starting to be able to do with AI. So again, those are some categories, right? The informational enhancements, physical enhancements, intellectual enhancements, innovation and creativity enhancements, and then the virtual assistants, all that will be able to enhance our lives as we go forward. All right, everything that I have just talked about that's coming in the future is already here. The seeds are already planted. A lot of us are using early versions of pieces of this list. And all of these tools are going to become more powerful and easier to integrate into our bodies in some way. Again, that might be through wearable devices or implantable devices. And over time, as we get better and better with bioengineering right, and being able to shrink things, we will get better and better at being able to, to use implantables instead of wearables. And I know when I say that today, uh, people get pretty nervous because they don't like the idea of implanting technology subdermally. This is something that absolutely will happen because once people see that you can do an implant and it gives you an amazing amount of power, people will be willing to try it. All right. But today, generally, people are more comfortable with wearables. So uh, I'm sure that that will change, you know, slowly over the years. I don't expect something to happen, uh, you know, that immediately changes a whole generation's mind because we have generations that didn't grow up with implantables. But as we have more and more implantable medical devices, and we already have some implantable medical devices today, think about, you know, the implantable heart rate monitors, right, or the devices, the patients makers, right? We already have implantable devices. They will get better and better. And I think that will help lower people's concern with implantables that are not healthcare related, but are related to connecting us to technology. Now, when you look into the future, one of the things I've always found, if I want to be really accurate, is to really understand human behavior, needs, motivations, and drivers, because those don't really change very quickly over time. Uh, now, it is true that over time we have value creep right? People's values change. And so you can't have value creep over time. But again, motivations, needs, general human behavior, what drives us, that hasn't changed much in thousands and thousands of years. So that means that the moment that people start to trust a wearable or an implantable device that gives them an enhancement in their life, you know, that's 5%, 10%, 20% better uh, than what they could do today. And once that implantable or that wearable is 
1% better than how much they fear it, then people are going to become boosted. All right, for this reason, I fully expect people to get implants to help them perform better at whatever they're striving for. And then later in life, as they're aging, uh, we have already seen that people will go to greater and greater extents as they're aging, most people, to be able to offset the, the signs of aging. You know, whether, whether that are the mental signs of aging or the physical signs of aging. So aging is going to be a powerful driver on top of the, com- the competitive nature that I've mentioned already. I mean, just think about today how powerful those two things are, either in your 30s or 40s, the need to get ahead or compete with others, or in your 60s, 70s, 80s, right, the need to wind back the clock, right, so that you can feel younger again and continue to live the life that you'd like to live. And sitting there to fill the breach is going to be a lot of technology that's going to be able to amplify us. So the rest of this series, again, we're going to be talking about what amplified humans might look like. Uh, And what I want to do is deal along the way with the philosophical debate about people boosting themselves with technology. Not just talk about what can we do, what will we do, but more what motivates us, what that will cause for us. Will it ultimately be a positive or a negative? You know, that's always what you need to understand philosophically about where technology is going to go. Not just what is going to happen, but what it means to us. Really good science fiction books don't just paint a picture of where things are going in the future. What they do is they also deal with the human beings involved and how that future world impacts them. All right, I have concerns about amplifying with technology. And I have hopes. As always, I like to talk about the concerns first, and then I like to talk about the, the hopes and show what, you know what is more on the optimistic side. So when I look at how science has given us prescription medicines as an example and how society has used these, I fear the same dynamics will happen with technology. We absolutely overuse prescription medicines. I mean, when a, when a person adopts a belief that a pill can solve any and every problem in their life, that they can reach out to the healthcare community who will solve everything for them. And then that same person's taking very little responsibility about why they need the pill, why they need the prescription. Uh, Then they've adopted a better living through chemistry mindset. And I think a, a better chemistry mindset, better living through chemistry hurts them in a couple different ways. The first is that their struggles could be solved in some, in sometimes by healing emotional wounds or dealing with the mental health issues that are behind the physical issues. So instead of dealing with the root cause is of their issue, they are using pills or medicines right, to try to cover up or offset what really is an emotional wound, right, or uh, some mental issue. So the second is the physical impact of taking the medic- medicine itself due to the side effects that many, you know, that many medicines have. Like these are my top two concerns about better living through chemistry is are we really dealing with the root causes that need to be uh, dealt with or are we just covering them up? And, you know, what about all the side effects from the prescription medicines? Now, if you're somebody that is taking prescriptions right now and you're upset that I've said this, uh, please understand, I-, I don't think that all prescriptions are bad. If I get an infection, I am absolutely going to use a prescription to try to, you know, get rid of that infection. So I try to be wise about at what point might I use some type of medicine. If I have a really bad headache, I'm going to take Advil and knock the headache out. Uh, So I understand I'm not saying that all better living through chemistry is bad. I'm saying there are some people who that is their first go-to who believe that they can fix anything wrong with them by using the healthcare system as opposed to taking responsibility 
responsibility for what in many cases are things that they could solve that would help them heal. All right. So if you think about that mindset, and I'm just using that as an example, the better living through chemistry mindset, what happens when people start believing somewhat irrationally that implanted technology will solve any problem for them or, or make them a star, make them win, right? make them rich, make them accomplish anything they want to be able to accomplish or make them elite at anything they're doing. We then just add a, a better living through technology model, much like a better living through chemistry, where we believe that the, the technology is going to solve any problem for us. Uh, in just the same way, it will not. There will be some things that the technology can solve, but there'll be many things that the technology will not solve. Uh, so, I just wanted to, to show that example, uh, but this is a bit my concern, is, is psychologically how humans look at things that aid us and how sometimes we misuse those things that, that would aid us. You know, I, I, another thing I worry about, for example, is implanting technology that causes physical problems as it ages and as we age. When you put an implantable in when you're 20 years old, you know, that implantable now could possibly be in you for 60 years, 80 years. Now, you might might have it taken out. That might be something that becomes very normal to us, that we put implants in and then we take them out every five years. You know, I have to think that there's a little bit of damage or a little bit of danger of damage of taking implants in and out or what happens when an implant is in for too long. So that's a concern I have is, you know, our better living through technology and just the practical aspects of what happens when we do implants. Uh, what about the problem of digital criminals or government entities that seek to take control of an implantable in some way? Uh, I've mentioned in these podcasts before, you know, the danger about a pacemaker that's tied to the internet. If the pacemaker is tied to the internet so that a doctor can monitor it, it also means that a digital criminal could get to that pacemaker and turn it off or speed it up. So, you know, with my high beams on, there's a lot that I can think to worry about, about implantables or even wearables, right, that are close devices to us. So all is not wonderful in the land of being boosted with technology. But let's look at a more optimistic view the sheer expansion of capabilities right, is going to be able to help us have more personal safety and security. We will be able to do physical repairs uh, that will help people that have some either a natural weakness they were born with right, or something that could have happened to them in an accident. But we will be able to use our technology just like we are doing today with prosthetics right, to be able to get somebody back to you know an average level or even maybe an above average level. I love the thought of this. That is, this is something that that we're going to be able to do with our technology to not just boost people unfairly, but at least bring people back to, uh, you know, a fair ability to live in the world, right? Or at least an ability to live in the world that is easier for them. Over the, the next three podcasts, I'm going to get much more specific about what all of this looks like as we look into the future and talking more about kind of this optimistic view. I, I do have to say that this is a massive change that is happening to us. I say over and over again, the digital transfer transformation is not about we're just getting more technology. The digital transformation is that we are integrating technology into our lives, into our processes and systems to do things that we have never done before. We are creating hybrid solutions to everything, part human, part technology. So far, if we looked at this over the last 20 to 25 years, I say often, you know, on this podcast, I think if you take technology on the whole as of this day, we're at 55% good things and 45% not so good things. In other words, I think it leans a little bit more towards good than bad. This is why this podcast is called The Digital Optimist. This change is a massive wave. 
right? It, it will not be strictly technical of us using our technology to be able to extend our ability to lift something or, uh, you know, run faster or be able to access technology by looking at a screen. You know, this sweep of change very well be mix of nanotech, biotech, and tech that is all coming together to amplify our capabilities in different ways. Again, our physical and mental capabilities. I mean, for all my life and all humanity before me, we have been natural for the most part. And I'm going to use the word natural, uh, not normal, right? But natural. In other words, we weren't really boosted by technology. We used tools. But today we stand on the precipice of integrating technology into our biological systems, either very close with wearables or inside of us, subdermal with implantables. And there is a part of me that mourns this change. And, and I struggle to wrap my mind around why. I mean, maybe it's the understanding that we will never be the same as humanity when we take this next step. In other words, we will never go back to all of us being natural. There will be some people that choose to be natural, and there will be some people that are modified slightly, and then there will be some people that are boosted in massive ways. And there is a part of me that mourns that we are on, we are on this precipice. Will we be more powerful? Yes. Will we live longer? Probably. Will we experience more? Surely we will. I mean, unchained from our physical, our intelligence limitations, I mean, certainly we will experience more, live longer, be more powerful. It's just not what we have been for thousands of years when we all had some halfway equal footing of our natural state. Maybe we will be end up being more disconnected from the earth when we uh, are mixing more technology into our world. Maybe we will be more disconnected from each other physically. I can only hope that we learn to balance how much we integrate our lives and our bodies with technology uh, so that we can remain in most ways natural, in some ways amplified, and only amplified where uh, it is not just strictly for us to be competitive so that we can win and beat other per people, but that we just have more capability capabilities to be able to amplify, grow, and improve the human race uh, in positive directions. What I do know, we need to think about this. It's coming. The seeds are already planted. It's already partially here. Pick up, the, pick up that mobile device that you carry and think about how much of an outboard brain it already is. And then just think about the next step if you can integrate that more and more closer to your body or inside of your body, because we are not that far, my friends. All right. I'm excited about doing the rest of this podcast series, as you can probably tell. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on Podcast 36. Have a great Humology Day. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at S. Klesowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklesoski.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing. Please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents, and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.